Hey, 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 you guys. We're so glad to have Mr. Bill Dotson with us. And the great thing I love about Bill is that he's an amazing recording artist. He was born in West Virginia, um, but currently he's based in Kentucky. He performs in Tennessee as well and does a lot of recording there. Uh, he has a new single that's coming out on November 12th. It's called Like a Man Oughta Do. And the one thing I love that he does is he sings from his heart. And we're grateful to have you, Bill, here, a part of Black Canvas. Thank you so much for having me, man. Yes. So the first question I have for you is what got you into music, you becoming a music artist? What were some of the things that led you to loving music? I've been doing this since I was a kid, man. I ended up playing guitar just on a whim. My dad bought a guitar when I was a kid, and I just started playing and taught myself. And uh, I started playing a rock band when I was a kid, and then I grew up, and I guess emotions changed, and I started playing country music, you know, what I always loved when I was a kid. And I'm now I'm a, a dad myself and I'm grown up playing good old country music. <laughs> <laughs> I love country music. Can you tell me your favorite song? Uh, of my song or someone else's? Oh, someone else. I'm a huge Chris Stapleton fan and I'm from his, his neck of the woods. Uh, I love, you know, Tyler Childers and I love, <clears throat> Sturgill Simpson and the uh, Steel Drivers. I love, you know, old school music too. Like I like George Strait. I love Vern Gosden, uh, George Jones, all the greats like Hank Jr. And I grew up listening to all that stuff when I was a kid, you know, and my grandpa used to have a, a old tape deck in the, in the truck and we'd listen to old uh, Waylon and Merle and Vern Gosden driving down the road. Man, that's cool. I, I love country music. Like, that's one thing I love about just music in general is that you can find your way in anything you're hearing. And it's about the message that someone is conveying. Um, talking about music, I love a lot of your songs as well. And your EP, On the Ground, that was really amazing. Like, it was a really great EP for me when I listened to it. Um, oh, no problem. Now, I did see a video so of you on YouTube, and you were singing a song called That's How I Knew. I'm kind of taking you way back. <laughs> yeah, that was a couple of years ago. I actually, uh, I haven't cut that song yet. It was something I wanted to keep in my back pocket. Um, I did do my first, um, <clears throat> I did my first show at the Bluebird in Nashville uh, with that song and it had a great response, but I just kept it just in case I wanted to release it later. <clears throat> I didn't get to cut it and, uh, I just wanted to go with what what really registered with my fans first, and my TikTok following said this. I have I have over a hundred thousand followers on TikTok, and I'm so grateful for all of them. And they they basically led me towards the song. I, I played a little bit of it, and I had a lot of good response from it. And turned out we ended up cutting this song, and it's going to be out on the twelfth, and that'll be on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play. Uh, YouTube will have it. We're shooting a music video on the 11th of November, and we're going to be pitching it to CMT, so I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. How has your family reacted to this newfound fame that you've had recently? Uh, it's, it's a little touch and go, but I'm <laughs> thankful for it. I mean, I, I get to make a living doing what I love, but <clears throat> at the same time, it's a, it's a hard road paying your dues and playing shows. Like today, I have to 
being uh, Tennessee and playing in Margaritaville, if you've ever heard of that place. <clears throat> and uh, we were playing there tonight, and I'm about to start get back with the band and rehearse and get back on the road and play more shows. So, you know, right now is kind of a dead season, but, you know, it comes to, like, summer and spring, man, that's when – like it's balls to the wall, like keep going, you know? So it has been a little bit of a, a if issue pertaining to like playing, but cause I'm a dad, but you know, you got to make the bread. So we're out there, not just about making money, but you know, providing for my kids. And I'm thankful that I can do that through playing music. I think that's amazing that you can kind of juggle that the best you can, but since COVID-19, this is, I know, a question I like to ask a lot of musicians. How has your career shifted or have you had to make any kind of changes musically? Or, or is, I know touring has been a big difference for a lot of you guys, but um, how has your life shifted since COVID? Well, I was on tour in Florida about five months ago, and I got it in Florida on tour. And I didn't think I'd ever get it. I got it. And when I got it, Man, it really about knocked me out. Um, I was sick for 11 days straight, and wow. I had a temperature for like 11, 10, 11 days, and through the grace of God, I got through it. I don't want it again. Uh, has it affected my career in different ways? Yes. Um, I had an entire tour set up last or the beginning of this year, and when everything happened, it, it was drastic for musicians, as you know. I'm sure you know a lot that went through a financial struggle. And uh, I just, like I said, I did a lot of lives. TikTok was a really big help, uh, you know, streaming my music and be able to get on there and play live shows virtually was really a great a great help. But um, it's nice to be back in front of a crowd, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's nothing like a live crowd for sure. Yeah, I'm that's that you're alive. I'm, I'm so glad that you survived it. Unfortunately for so many of people that we know that, you know, COVID has really made a huge difference in people's lives. And I'm just grateful that you're here because I know a lot of times the hardest thing is moving past it. And then it can be a big fear for a lot of people if you've experienced it. Like, how do I move forward? Yeah, my, uh, I had a family member die recently and then I had uh, – I had a friend, a longtime high school friend, pass away last week, and he was 24 years old. Oh wow! I'm so sorry yeah. To hear that. So, like I said, this is a real thing. I do think that people need to be aware of it and and try to protect themselves. But one thing I learned in this life is you can't live in fear because you won't be able to live your life. That's right. That's right. I think that's a great message for everyone to hear. Is like we even as a musician, like you can't be fearful of, you know, rejection or if someone's going to receive this song, is it going to be a top 10 hit? Some, I, I know a lot of musicians, yeah. you know, they've been hitting the roads and doing things for many years and they'll have a hit later in, in their career. Or maybe there's something that really stands out. Like you said, TikTok is a great, you know, method for a lot of artists to be able to share their music and to get it to a big following. So I'm glad that you're building mm-hmm. that, um, not only connection with people, but even a younger generation that's going to really help to push your music going forward. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, th- I, I like I said, I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, everybody out there who listens to podcasts, feel free to check out my uh, 
my music on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, all download and stream platforms. My new music video will be released uh, pretty soon, next month, more than likely. And uh, it's this new song called Like a Man Ought to Do. It's talking about, basically talking about um, listening to a woman. <laughs> Which is kind of an important thing. Um, it is, Bill, right? <laughs> well, a lot of people talk about that. You know, they're like, what should you listen to a woman? Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> a woman brought you here. <laughs> yeah. So, Bill, let's kind of talk about the songwriting process. What goes into songwriting for you, like when you're creating a song? Um, I try to, I try to, I try to puzzle like the song around an experience I've had in life or someone else's faced or a storyline that would be relatable to my demographic and people that are, have been through a situation. Like I wrote a song about my father and it was my first song I cut in Nashville and it did really well. They aired it on uh country rebel. If you've ever heard of that, I don't know if you've ever heard of country rebel before, but we, we uh, cut the song in blackbird in Nashville and it just turned out so good because so my father passed away when I was a kid and we wrote the song. I wrote the song in one set. And when I wrote it, I wrote it about how he passed away. And obviously everybody's related to someone they lost, you know, pa- passing away. So like I said, uh, pertaining to uh song wise, um, to be able to relate to your audience is probably the number one thing, especially when you're writing. So, you try to put it around situations that you've been through. I mean, every other song is about a girl, but honestly, this song is about heartache and having having been through something that is hard to get through and having been through trying to find your way about being normal again. You know what I mean? As far as in, I'm sure you've been through a heartbreak or somebody has, and you know, oh, yeah. uh, a lot of people can relate to that. I think the hardest thing is losing someone close to you. And like you said, I've had a lot of tragedy um, in my life. And I think like going through those experiences, it makes you stronger to a certain extent, but it still makes you long for those people to be there when you're reaching certain pinnacles in your, your life or success. You would wish that they were physically there, even though they're spiritually with you. That makes such a huge difference, um, especially, like you said, as a songwriter, I do a lot of writing myself. So I've written books and so I get to put a lot of the pain and frustration into writing where or even through the podcast for people to share. Yeah. Where for others um, as musicians or as actors or as entrepreneurs, you get to really use all <clears throat> that energy into one you know, facet of your life. And I think that's a great thing, Bill, is like listen to your music. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. It's so amazing. And one song I really love that you did, <clears throat> excuse me, is Middle of the Night. So can we talk about Middle of the Night? Uh, I thought that was a really good song. Yeah, my uh, my father passed away in two, uh, 1999, and I wrote that song about him because uh, he uh, he had a drug addiction problem. Mm-hmm. And he's, he uh, I grew up really tough back in the hills in Kentucky. I didn't have a whole lot when I was growing up. And uh, – yeah, it's basically talking about my, my, through my eyes, what I saw and the things I dealt with. Um, like the song talks about, 
um, how that my mom went through a hard time and how she tried to mend everything around her, but she couldn't. And when my dad passed away, it, it kind of took a toll on me and my family. But again, it, it really, it really something that inspired me to write was a thing that I went through as a child. You know, I'm 34 years old now. And like I said, people can relate to that. So that's definitely a touchy subject, but yeah, I, I didn't re- honestly, uh, my producer and, and, and uh, engineer in Nashville's like, man, we need to cut this song. And he cut this song. Uh, you know, Martina McBride's husband, John, he listened to it and he, he absolutely loved it. And I was like, well, we're gonna, I said, we're just going to have to cut this, you know, and it turned out really good. We, we actually, what's so funny about it. We shot a video for that song and then we didn't air it because <clears throat> something to do with, I think COVID hit, you know? Mm-hmm. So we just ended up holding off on that, but I really appreciate you saying you like the song, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a song that is very powerful. And when we talk about addiction, um, if any of you guys have never experienced it or known someone who's gone through an addiction, it, it, it can tear a family apart, but it also can bring families together of, of how do we actually try to support someone? Because if someone, you know, is not in the mindset of wanting to quit, it's going to be really difficult for the family. Because a lot of times family members can enable behaviors and not even know they are because they're trying to protect um, their loved mm-hmm. ones. But you know, it's just about being aware of what's going on around you. And then how do we pick up the pieces? Because we can be left with what's called survivor's guilt um, because you're here and you don't know what to do with what's left. And especially at a young age, you know, impression, impressionable age, age for you when all this happened. And how do I move to the next level in my life when I've experienced such heartache? And so I think the great thing about you is that now you'll be able to share with your family, you know, the messages and the things you experience so that hopefully they don't end up going down those same patterns because that can be demoralizing when you've built your career and you're trying to help and you've experienced this. Well, I'm blessed enough to say, I'm going to tell you this, you know, I've never touched anything like that in my life. And uh, I have, especially in Appalachian area where we are here in the mountains, Man, there's a lot of drugs. I'm sure. Where are you located, by the way? Well, I'm originally um in New Orleans, is where I was originally born, but I live in Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah. So I'm in. I know where that is. I have friends that live there. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually supposed to play there last year, but then COVID happened. They have some really good venues in your area. Um, I was gonna say, oh yeah, back on topic. You're in Louisiana, even here too. I'm sure there are a lot of there are a lot of drugs, and the pandemic didn't help any of that, and you know, people, people are losing their lives. You know, if they, I say this with all due respect, uh, and I say this to everybody out there, it ain't worth it. You know, your, your, your family's more important. You know, the people do love you out there. And, uh, you know, I'm so proud to be a dad that I didn't have as a kid. You know, I know this is very touchy, but my, my daughter just joined the beta academic beta team and she's on the honor roll in school and she's 11 years old and I'm so proud of her. You know, that's, that's something to be proud of, you know? And, um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, my dad chose a bad path and I, I wrote a song about that and I'm writing another one right now about Eastern Kentucky. I wanted to also mention, uh, this song's called the right way. Uh, and it's, it's almost finished. And I'm telling you, man, this song, 
the song's it for me. I mean, it's it talks about the struggle in my area. People talk about being in the ghetto or being from a huge city, you know, and not having anything. They might be able to relate to poverty, but I grew up with nothing. I came from nothing. I had absolutely nothing. I went days without, you know, shoes. I've had times where I didn't have anything to eat, you know, because of the life choices sometimes parents put their children in because of the situations and the non-opportunities that we have in this area because of the, you know, the, the whole, the politicians and a lot not. What I was trying to say is that Appalachian area has a, has a lot of traditional history, but coal mines is our main manufacturer. You understand? And <clears throat> during that being that man, a lot of people lost a lot of jobs especially when, you know, the coal mines shut down. And that's something I talked about and how the traditions are very important thing in my bloodline. You know, uh, what's so funny, listen to this. My mother's Italian, okay, and my dad is, is redneck, like hillbilly. So you, have you heard of the Hatfield McCoys? No, I haven't heard of that. Tell me about that. Okay. Well, my uh, my dad's kin to the Hatfields, and – I don't know. You can look it up on A&E and stuff like that. Like uh, Kevin Costner, he had a big series about the show or about the, about the whole half film McCoy feud and all this stuff. And uh, anyways, it was a big Appalachian cultural like uh, story. And it was a big, 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 big background to my family. Uh, and with my dad and my mom, I have a really good taste of what it's like to have both ends of a traditional family. You know, my, uh, my grandpa was Italian and my family came from Patilla, Pol, Costria, Italy. And then my dad's family, I, they originated, I'm assuming almost in the back of the mountains, you know, way back making moonshine and, you know, and <laughs> living up in the hills. And, you know, it's so funny. A lot of people I've talked to that are in different areas of the world and I go, on tour, they they don't even know what a mountain is. Some of them have never even heard of a holler, which I don't know if you know what a holler is, but we have them all all over here, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love Bill. Like, the one thing about me growing up in the city, I mean, we still learn about a lot of different cultures. And living in New Orleans is just like, it's almost like a jambalaya, you know, a gumbo, because there's so many different types of people that come through the city and different experiences. And I remember, like, I always like to joke. I was like, when I was younger, my first really, like, Mardi Gras, I was like, I don't know if I was traumatized or what, but, like, you just. Oh, I've never been. Everybody talks about going. My uh, my uh, producer in Nashville went last year, or the year before last, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And he said that it was unreal. They had, like, voodoo uh, stores downtown and just, like, all this interesting, like, heritage from Louisiana culture and, all this amazing food you guys have down there. Like, it's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, that, um, that's kind of how I gained so much weight. Uh, but <laughs> gro- <laughs> growing up, like, I, you know, I mean, Cafe Dumont is probably one of the most famous, you know, spots in New Orleans when you think about what beignets and uh, which are just amazing. I could just eat one now. But it just reminds me of just that experience of growing up. Um, and it, you can go on any street corner, any area, when we think of Jackson Square, different parts of, of the city, and you can find something new or someone that will tell you a story that enriches you. So living there for pretty much 20 years of my life just really, it changed me. You know, it, it really helped me. And 
I, I think when you go through those experiences, even living in a different city, it's, it's a lot different in Shreveport than New Orleans, but you can still take yourself with you. And I think that goes back to your upbringing. Like you said, being born in West Virginia, but being able to travel and being from in Kentucky and Tennessee and, you know, meeting different people from different cultures as you go on tour, it really helps to. Oh, it's unreal. It's, it's crazy. Like I, I, I strongly agree with that. Here's one thing. I, I live on the border of West Virginia. Like that's where I'm from is like, I could walk from my house where I was born and raised to what well, I could, it's like a mile across the actual line of like West Virginia, Kentucky. So the easternest Kentucky that you can get like the air right on the border. And people think that it's so funny. People think that Kentucky is like Kentucky Derby, Lexington, UK Wildcats. That's Kentucky. But Eastern Kentucky is a, a place with on itself. Like, you should see how beautiful it is here right now. The trees are all changed. I mean, it is absolutely beautiful. I mean, man, there's so many positive things about this place. I mean, it's unreal. There's so many amazing things. I can fish right out my back door. I, the, the wildlife here is amazing. Had a black bear come up recently in the parking lot of my house. <laughs> now that's, that's a morning um, coffee moment, right? <laughs> yeah. We they had to pepper it. The, the chief of police did to get it to go back up the hill. But there, like I said, there's a lot of wildlife here and this is, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, I'm so proud to be from Kentucky. It's one of the things I listed on my Instagram where you found me, you know, I'm a, I'm a proud Kentuckian. I'm really proud to be from here. I'm proud for, of, you know, I come from a long line of, of uh, traditional people, you know, and uh, my, uh, my family settled in here a long time ago. That's great. I mean, I always say it's, it's important to be proud of where you're from, but also to share with other people your experiences. And I feel like I know a lot more about you outside <laughs> of just your music, but just talking with you today, it's like, we can see where you've kind of come from and your value system and how life has shifted for you. And I know Bill from this moment, like you're going to continue to keep succeeding. That's not a question. Um, I think it's more of just keeping your family close is always a tip. I like to give to people is just remembering those moments, taking pictures of those moments, because unfortunately once tragedy strikes or when things happen that we can't control, if we haven't had those moments to sit down and remember what it took for us to get there, that's when we can kind of go and derail ourselves. So I think as long as you keep those values and morals that you obviously have and being able to keep those people close to you, I think you're going to not only be successful in music, but you'll be successful in life. And so I'm grateful, Bill, to not only have you here as a guest on Black Canvas, and hopefully he'll be a guest you guys on Space Between, which is our second podcast which I will have him singing live if we can kind of get our schedules together. I think Bill is going to continue to make an impact. And so we're grateful to have you here. Um, but I have two more questions for you. Um, the first one I want to ask is um, if you yeah, go ahead, your younger self one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself and what age would you choose? Oh my goodness. That's such a good question. Um, I don't know how to answer that. I, I guess I could say, um, I, um, uh, I would look back on my younger days of work, what I was doing. I, 
I work for the railroad. Um, I'm sorry, I'm drinking coffee. Uh, I work for the railroad, and uh, I also worked in the coal mines. So I don't know if you know anything about either one of those, but I made decent money, but I was miserable. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with what I was doing, and I'd go back and tell uh, myself, I'd say, you know, pers- I pers- definitely pursued the music a lot sooner than I did. As far as in professionally, uh, I would have, you know, I my first real adventure pertaining to that was like I opened up for like Hank Williams Jr. son, and then I, I started doing networking and playing places, and and then I I've been on tour and I've seen all out west and all this stuff, and um, I would probably tell I would tell my younger self to do that sooner than later. So I think that's great. I mean. That's one thing I have heard from a lot of musicians. It's like, I wish I had stepped outside of the box or pursued my career at a younger age. One thing I always like to give as a tip to people is like, you're at the right place at the right time for the right reasons with the right people. And that always, like when you think like the managers you may have or people who are supporting Mm -hmm. you in your career, like I always say, like sometimes it can be hard because those life lessons you learn in those careers can kind of lead you to where you are now. So like for myself, I completely switched careers. So I did business and accounting for many years and then switched to mental health counseling. So um, being a licensed professional counselor now and doing that for seven years and working with addictions and mental health, I mean, it helps you to really see the other side of that window that people have that no one is aware of, or maybe the stigma that's attached to both mental illness and addiction. So I totally get where you're coming from uh-huh. and just seeing that and, and visualizing you know, where people have been and where they're going. Um, it, it made me realize I made the right decision in switching careers. And if I hadn't switched careers, I wouldn't be doing a podcast now because I feel like my whole purpose of this was to definitely talk more about wellness, um, resiliency, helping people in tough times, and being able now to use this as another platform for people to get to know artists like you who are amazing and your life stories you know, that helps people to really connect and say, hey, this person may be successful, have all these things, but they have something similar that I've gone through. And that's why your music, I think, connects with so many people and it resonates because they can see themselves in you. And so I think that's one thing I love about you and your music is that I can tell you a good family man that you've gone through experiences, but you are still fighting to be heard and for people to get to know you from the inside out. Um, and I think that's what makes your music amazing. Thank oh, you so man. much, man. I really so appreciate that. The last that. thing I want you to do for us, if you can tell us where can they find you, either um, if you have social media that they can find you or and also like where your music can be found. And I know you see you have TikTok as well. You can kind of give out all your handles and that way everybody knows where they can reach you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Bill Dodson. Uh, you can check out my music now on the Spotify iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, uh, Apple Music, anywhere that music is downloaded and streamed. Make sure to go to YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, also, check out my TikTok. It's Bill Dotson Music. And I really appreciate you having me out, man. My new single comes out November the 12th. It's called Like a Man Ought to Do. Go pre-download that. Well, Bill, we're so glad to have you on Black Canvas, and I would love to have you back very soon. And thank you for making time. I know this morning 
we're both trying to clear our throats, get everything together. <laughs> so, you yeah. guys, if y'all hear that, please remember this is early in the morning. We're making it work. But Bill made time for us. And thank you for being a part. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right. Thank you, Bill, so much for being a part of Black Canvas. And I will hopefully have you back soon. Thank you. All right. You too. Have-